interfacing with the Matrix. The all-spark that links everyone and everything that ever lived or ever will live. Welcome back to the Axon Archives, the highest rated Beast, uh, Beast Era podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, where we watch every episode of the 90s CG cartoon, Beast Machines. Uh, if you want to follow along, you can do so with the DVDs or on Tubi.tv. I'm Dowd. I'm James. And this week, uh, we're back after a uh, somewhat short production hiatus. Uh, with, Sorry, we're watching... it was supposed to <laughs> be my fault. <laughs> Uh, we're watching episode 8 of season 1 of Beast Machines, Revelations Part 2, Descent, episode 60 of our show. Uh, aired November 6th, uh, 1999, written by Marv Wolfman and written, mm-hmm. directed by William Lau. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the second episode of four, um, Wolfman will, uh, will write. The others include Fires of the Past, The Key, and Prometheus Unbound. Uh, he is, as we've said before, he's a legendary comic writer. Uh, hopefully you know him. Yeah, and sometimes wandering, uh, wandering wolf man. <laughs> There's also, also the. Also, I, I believe. Uh, just to go back, I believe you mentioned that uh, he submitted the outline of uh, for Beast that they ended up adapting into Beast Machines. Yeah, uh, the the uh, the more mystical elements were uh, added by Bob Skur at the behest of Hasbro. Mm-hmm. Uh, William Lau is actually a returning director. He did a few episodes of Beast Machines. Uh, or, or at, least, at least the offline editor, and he did. I think he directed two or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also uh, two or four episodes. He, he'll be back for, or he's back for. He previously did the reformatting, and he'll be back for a Wolf in the Fold and the series finale, End Game Part Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually did notice there was a little bit more continuity in this episode. Oh yeah, no, I mean this is. We're finally getting some some answers answers for long questions in the series. In the series, yeah. Uh, well, not just that, just like just small character moments uh, throughout the mm-hmm. episode, uh, which I I'm I'm gonna assume that's William Lau's influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, James, I actually got a little bit of feedback recently. Uh, recently, and I, oh, first of all, I was told stop caring about the feedback if we're just doing this for ourselves. 
Uh, which is why I want to bring back an old staple that we used to do. Okay. Uh, yeah, so before we get to the recap, uh, and I apologize for not telling you about this before we started recording, uh, let's, let's actually do the, uh, let's do the, the catch-up moment. Uh, what's new with you? Uh, let's see, so, uh, things have been going, uh, good so far. Uh, got to see, you know, got a brother, uh, I did get to, in Transformers news, I got to see, uh, Bumblebee in theaters. Before we left theaters, I got it at a local uh, second run theater, and it's actually pretty. It's actually a really good movie. It uh, like it like it kind of tones back some of like the Bay aesthetics, definitely the uh, the bombast and stuff. So, and it's a much more personal story. Like uh, Bumblebee is aside from like some flashbacks and stuff. Like Bumblebee, it. It's like basically Bumblebee and the uh, two Decepticon antagonists who you, like, you see in the trailers are the really the only Transformers that are in the movie. So it's not so it, like, it means like okay like you, it's actually easy to follow what's going on. They get the villains actually get some characterization, so they're not just like you know like cardboard cutouts that get will get punched punched and killed horribly <laughs> by like ostensibly the good guys. I, I, w- I think I actually remember like sending you in a, a text that like weirdly it feels like a re- like it kind of feels like a remake of the very first Transformers movie except Michaela is the main character now. Oh yeah, yeah, so, I remember that. Uh, so uh, one of the one of the triple changers, which uh, we saw in the tra- the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. Uh, that that uh, one of the, we actually thought that was actually Starscream, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of yeah. made it look actually- like it was, but it wasn't. I actually thought the same too. Actually, they did make him look different in the in the trailer than what he is, is in the film. Like, okay. like in the trailer, he very much has like colored like Starscream, but then in the film, he, he has a different color, and he also has like kind of like a like a like a flight mask or something on. I remember mm-hmm. saying like that's kind of weird. It's like, well, maybe he's still Starscream, but then something happens. It's like, okay, he's probably not actually Starscream then. <laughs> oh, actually, I've I think he wasn't. Uh ever supposed to be Starscream. I think there's three there's three antagonists. There's the one who like attacks him at the beginning of the of the movie. I'm just going off of uh Chris McFeely's yeah. review of this. Uh, cuz I haven't seen it yet. We will be uh, we'll be covering it during our uh between season 1 and 2 of Beast Machines though. Mm-hmm. Uh we uh he there's the one that like flies at him which is the sh- the trailer shot. Right. Uh which I think he takes care of him and then there's the two later on. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's I think there's three uh, three separate characters. Yeah. But yeah, um, no, do you like, remember his name? Uh, it's Blitzwing is the one who shows up first. That's the only like okay. whose name I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I think the he, other, one of them is the other. The blue one is Dropkick, and I forget what who the red one's name is. Yeah. It, it's been a while since I I watched it and looked up. Yeah. Definitely, and, definitely one I would not mind like discussing more of. Like well, obviously when we do the bonus episode, since mm-hmm. like. I did have a lot of th- I did have a lot of thoughts about it. Uh, yeah, like we we should we should save those for the for them though. Yeah. Uh, and on my end, as far as Transformers goes, I actually did watch all of Cyberverse, which we we actually talked about. Uh, and if you if you guys haven't seen Cyberverse, uh, it's all on uh, it's all on Hasbro's YouTube channel. You can mm-hmm. watch uh, watch the entire first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty good. I actually. Uh, the the cast is pretty much all unknowns. I don't think there's a single returning character or returning actor. 
and if I, I don't think I've said this explicitly, but I've uh, I've sort of had a problem with Grimlock just in on general. I think it kind of just stems from uh, my Dinobot is better than your Dinobot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, <laughs> I actually really like this uh, this version of Grimlock. Uh, mm-hmm. so he, the, the, everyone in the arc kind of just uh, you know is in stasis when they when it crashed. But he woke up beforehand as it was crashing because uh, uh, Teltran One woke him up, uh, and then he he asked Teltran One like, "How do I save everybody?" He's about to tell him when he gets sucked out the out the airlock, mm-hmm. or not the There's a hole in the uh, there's a hole in the hull, mm-hmm. and he and a couple of stasis pods get sucked out. One of which includes Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tr- when Bumblebee and uh, Windblade find him eventually, uh, they, he's in Dino mode, and but he's he's talking like Grimlock, uh, like classic Grimlock, and then Teletran. X, who's a backup module of Teletran 1, says, like, so it looks like he diverted some of his higher brain functions to to get more <laughs> get more strength in dino mode. Uh, so when he goes, when he finally turns back to robot mode, he's actually very eloquent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also has his crown. It actually kind of reminds me of the Shattered, that actually kind of reminds me of, like, the Shattered Glass version of uh, Grimlock, which for those who are unfamiliar with Shattered Glass, it was a convention exclusive where it's basically the mirror, like Transformers: The Mirror Universe, mm-hmm. and in that like that was a similar thing where during a a kind of joke fake comic did it like they had a Grimlock speaking with a British accent that everyone loved, but then when when Grimlock showed him in the com- in the main comic, he was like kind of savage and dumb. He was like ah, so then like later on like, he he finally is able to transform into robot mode. And, like, then he's suddenly speaking with, like, the British accent again. So, kind of, like... <laughs> so, it seems... So, it makes me wonder if they they tried, they decided to do a take on that, which is, like, a funny gag, I will admit. Mm. Uh, actually, yeah, that that does sound like him. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the Cyberverse version. Uh, speaking of Cyberverse, so... They... Uh, in this continuity, Megatron did rip out uh, Bumblebee's voice box, but he still gets to talk. Uh-huh. Uh, because Windblade has the psychic cortical patch, uh, so they they dive into his pretty much every single episode. They dive into his mind to try to uh, slowly recover his memories, and within his own mind, he can talk. It is weird how like when we getting his voice back now has become like a kind of defining trait of the character. Yeah, um, you know, I th- I think I think the reason why they decided to keep it this time around is, uh. In Robots in Disguise, they he got his he had gotten his voice back, and that didn't do so well. So I guess they were worried about that. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like um, in certain anime, they make the the protagonist super bland so that the the watcher the the viewer can just imprint on him. Mm-hmm. If Bumblebee can't talk, you kids can imprint on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, other than that, part uh, part of the delays we've been having recently was uh, uh, was me finishing up applications for grad school. Uh, had one of the interviews. I'm still waiting on another one, but that's a just sort of an explanation and a catch up with what's going on with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the episode. Yep. So uh, quick note on the about the there's a previous on previously on segment. So quick note about mm-hmm. that. Uh, did Megs use the sparkless bodies to make the Viacons? 
uh, or do you just manufacture those as replacement race? Because the the previously on makes it sound like he like reforged all the the sparkless bodies into the vehicons. I think they actually did discuss that in the in the uh, episode. So yeah, okay. I think like I mean, obviously he he probably started off before that, you know, when he was first starting his army, and then probably like as he was, you know. Like had Steve Spark more than needed to build bigger armies. Like, well, I got a whole bunch of scrap metal coming along. Oh uh, yeah, I guess he, I guess he would be recycling all that, huh? Yeah, hmm. I think we in the press episode we kind of noticed, like how like it gets into like kind of like some weird Holocaust imagery, which you don't expect in a children's cartoon. Oh yeah, you mean the so, mass like, graves, which are factories? Yeah. <laughs> or like pack like the bodies stacked high. Yeah, with, with a lot of them having gigantic spark shaped holes in them. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Fun times. Yeah. Uh I will I will say this is um so we I mean we feel a little gagged because of all the secrecy of the, of the series. Uh I feel like we it's it's been a little uh not conducive to the discussion of the episodes, mm-hmm. but at least we can discuss the imagery. Yeah. Yeah. So, um one more episode and it'll be a lot easier to talk about this show. Yeah, as as soon as this reporter is over. Uh-huh. Um. So we we start off with seeing a. I think it's the gazelle. I can never uh, tell the difference between a gazelle and an antelope, but uh-huh. something like that. It's an ungulate. Uh, in a in a forest, uh, with sparks floating through it. Uh, Optimus is swinging through the trees and uh, follows the sparks coming closer. Uh, comes up, coming upon a larger spark made of sparks, kind of like the old spark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our, organic vines hold uh, start holding him, and the forest turns into Cybertropolis. The, and the vines and the cables. Uh, Megatron's large head just laughing at him. Uh, not his big giant head, which we'll see later, but... Uh, he... A he, giant head, not the big giant head. No, the... Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, uh, what, what is the McElroy brothers? Uh, they're the big giant head, right? <laughs> I actually don't Uh-oh. know. I haven't... Uh-oh. I'm a bit behind on my McElroy's content. I, I don't. I actually don't. Um, don't, don't, don't tell, don't tell Jake. I don't actually listen to anything McElroy. <laughs> you should have gone with your third rock from the sun reference. At least you would be confident in it. Yeah, no, I was, I, I was making a third rock <laughs> reference. But, uh, <laughs> I, um, oh wait, yeah, I remember I did the, <laughs> I did the mm-hmm. salute to you. Remember. <laughs> I do remember. Yeah, I did that. At, I did that at work. Just um, randomly, I'm like, uh, but I knew the when I was doing it too. I'm like, you're not gonna get that, but it's still funny to me. And so, mm-hmm. one of my other coworkers is like, I get it. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> we for, we forgot how to talk. <laughs> uh, so uh, the other Maxwells wake up, uh, Optimus, because uh, big surprise, it turned out it's a dream. Uh-huh. Uh, and, but he's mad. Yeah. Uh, he thinks the dream was a vision from the Oracle. Uh, I'm personally skeptical. I think it was just a nightmare. Huh. Yeah, but it is definitely continuing the Optimus thing of just, like, kind of getting obsessed with organic stuff and to the detriment of the team. And also, if you, definitely if you were watching the show at the time, you were probably getting pissed off that, uh, why is not Optimus not acting like Optimus? Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the. Hopefully, we'll get a returning writer at some point from mm-hmm. from Beast Wars who can, like, put a little more Optimus into him. Yeah, I do. I think after the mid season turn, I know he 
kind of dials back on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that this is intentional. But yeah. again, if you were just watching this as it aired, you would I I can definitely see where you'd be getting that. Probably not helped when when uh Night Scream turns to Chief and is like, "You followed him?" Yeah. And again. And he kind of has a point because from his perspective, Optimus doesn't seem like a very good leader, but it does make him seem like an annoying little twerp. Especially everyone twerp. who watched the, who did watch Beast Wars, which I'm going to say is most of the audience that's watching this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cause that, that would be weird, right? Yeah. Someone watched Beast Machines and doesn't know anything about Beast Wars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, at least with Robots in Disguise, you can get away with not watching Prime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one, is, that's definitely more intended as, a, as like, a soft reboot, even yeah. though it is technically a sequel. Yeah. Uh, so Cheetor eventually just gets fed up with his, uh, his whining and says, fine, whatever. Let us know when you want our help. Mm-hmm. Uh, the others walk off. Uh, this is actually a good indicator uh, of the ideological split that's happening. Optimus sees this as a spiritual war where Cheetor remembers they still need to win the actual war. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Night Scream, why are you in robot mode right in front of the Oracle? You are going to lead them right to it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you, you noticed that, right? I actually did not, but I will take your word for that, Owen. Yeah, yeah well, uh, Optimus was sleeping, like, right where, mm-hmm. uh, right where they found the Oracle. Mm-hmm. And, and Night Scream is in robot mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, 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 that is honestly... That and him kind of criticizing Optimus is what got me annoyed with, with, with Night Scream within the first two minutes of this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, Black Arachnia doesn't like Optimus keeping secrets. Uh, Rattrap points out that she's been keeping secrets herself. Like, uh, what was going on with you and th- uh, Thrust in that factory? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do wonder why she feels the need to keep it a secret. Since this is definitely one of those episodes that's like, I feel like some of this conflict could have been solved if people actually talked to each other. I or actually... like, because I mean, the plot could have considered the same way. Because, as we find out, Cheetor's plan is just like, hey... We know these guys are Maximals. Let's bring them back to our side. And his first target is Tankor, since it makes sense. Like, Tankor, Tankor is kind of the, the slowest one, both in terms of, as I believe Roger said, like, land speed. Uh, I think Cheetor said, like, he's the slowest yeah. one and not just his overland speed. Yeah. I, I think Cheetor said that uh, Tankor's the slowest and not just his overland speed. Yeah, Cheetor gets like in a lot of good zingers. <laughs> He's like in serious leaner mode, but he also does a lot of like kind of go- he does a, 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 a bit of goofy bits, mm-hmm. which I do appreciate because it kind of gives a bit of levity. And also, Night Scream, like for being the kid character, doesn't make a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. At least a lot of fun- like he tends to be more mean spirited. Yeah, but uh, going back to what you what you the question you asked about why is Black Rackney hiding this? Uh, I had the same thing in my nose a little later on, and I, uh-huh. the only thing I can think is. They, uh, she thinks they all assume she just wants her bot friend back. Yeah. So, so that's why she wants to focus on Thrust. Yeah, but like, yeah. do they even remember Silverbolt at this point? Because like, the whole thing uh, is like, they don't really remember their comrades. Well, no, but well, there actually was a line that, from Cheetor that uh, he does remember Rhinox. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when uh, when they say that Optimus is keeping secrets. Uh, 
Cheetor's laments like he, I bet he would be uh he wouldn't keep anything from Rhinox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. uh I think it was just kind of just block out of their memory. They didn't really remember each other until they ran across each other in the first episode. True. Yeah. So anyways, uh Wagner's like, what if we go after Thrust Thrust instead? He's probably also one of us, but gets voted down. So we ended up so we end up splitting into two groups where Cheetor and Rattrap are going to are going to try and isolate and like hack uh quite uh, and hack into Tankor while Night Scream and Black Arachnia keep the other generals busy, which Black Arachnia ends up kind of coming around on because she ends up going after Thrust. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, something that was... Uh, did they use incendiary devices or something? Because it just cuts to a shot of a building, uh, like, standing there, getting blown up, and then uh, Nightwing, like, flying past. Well, Nightstorm so, has like his sonic attack, so he could have used that. Oh, okay, good point. Okay, I was I was wondering that for a while. I'm like, how the heck did they blow this thing up? Uh, uh cause that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so uh, just in case they didn't get their attention, Black Rackney transforms and blows up more stuff. Uh, remember, please remember this was in 1989 because there's a lot of buildings blowing up in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> God, if, if for some reason we if we ever do like. Like Robots in Skies 2001, there's a lot of episodes of that get that get dropped because 9/11 happens to, happens like a few episodes in. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, quote thrust comes up. I I say quote thrust because he doesn't have his yellow arm, so that means that it's actually just a cycle drone. Whoops. Yeah. And uh, so he Akrakin tries to explain that she wasn't trying to lure him into a trap last time, right before Night Scream just dive bombs him. Uh, Jetstorm start, starts uh, occupying Night Scream, which we get a really, a really nice Jetstorm line. Hey, batty batty, swing, batty batty, and otherwise take that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Weirdly, not the last baseball joke that we're getting this. No. Which is kind of convenient since in the real world we're actually in spring training. Get that, you know, like Beast Wars baseball crossover. Like, that's a hot item. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, sure those, I'm sure those audiences overlap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Tankor is not sure what he's doing. He's basically just ordering some tank drones around and tells them mm-hmm. to go faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rattrap tosses a small bomb at his feet to get his attention, and then they both run because Tankor is actually coming after them pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russ is mad and starts playing chicken with Black Arachnia, but she she calls him Silverbolt and he stops. Mm-hmm. So I guess she wins. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh he I, start good. He only like seems to like half recognize this like what did you call me? Yeah. It's it's like when we find out uh who Thrust was, uh it's starting to feel like a red herring on for red herring's sake. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. We we'll probably talk about like how some of like like how some of like the foreshadowing and like misdirection comes up because in next episode. Yeah. Uh, so he starts firing at her, but she disables him and tells him to fight the shell program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiror uses his acrobatics to get rid of the, some tank drones following Tankor. Uh, mm-hmm. I also noticed that uh, Tankor has yellow highlight, uh, headlights and the drones have green, so mm-hmm. now I can tell them apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiror taunts him and uh, destroys, destroys his entire team. 
into destroying him, uh, into destroying his entire team. Uh, and Ratchap jumps on his back. Uh, Archie D two's a crane into fl- uh, sending him flying, which is the second baseball reference we get. Yeah, and it's a hard fly to left field. He's going, going, gone. <laughs> uh, they celebrate with a high five before they have to split up again because mm-hmm. Ratchap uh, needs to Archie D two Tankor himself. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a typo, but I'll. Oh no, am I? I gotta understand. Uh, so. Uh, Jetstorm is chasing Night Scream, but Night Scream listens to Peppy and uses the brake. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I just got uh, when I wrote that when I wrote that note, I had just gotten the Star Fox sixty four for the three DS, mm-hmm. so I was playing a lot of Corneria. <laughs> that, that is a good remake. <laughs> uh, he lands on Jetstorm's back and uh, starts draining him uh, enough to make him land. <laughs> Once again, seeing Night, uh, Night Scream's, like, kind of terrifying vampire power. Uh-huh. Uh, um, Buck still insists at Thrust that he's Silverbolt, uh, using s- some E.T. finger power to help him remember. Yeah, this is where I believe we get a flashback, where, like, we get a first-person shot of, uh, of Thrust looking. He initially looks to, uh, Black Arachnia. And and uh, then turns and looks to uh, Optimus, Cheetor, and Rhinox. All of them in the, their, you know, the proper V swarms at the end of season two. Mm-hmm. To which Thrust also comments that they don't look very happy to see him. Well, actually, no. I think it was the end of season three. I'm because... sorry. Yeah, I meant season three. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say because uh, Cheetor's in his uh, Transmetal two form. Right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yes. Thrust does start to... Uh, you, so you actually picked up on that. I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he actually did mention it. I, just, I guess I was... Uh, I yeah. just didn't pay attention to that part. He does. Yeah. Stick a pin in that idea. So we'll, we'll, we'll revisit that uh, next episode. Yeah. Uh, so Jetstorm... Uh, Jetstorm just shoots at him uh, because he's... It looks like he's getting a little too familiar with Black Arachnia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he accuses uh he accuses Thrust of consorting with the enemy. Yeah. And demands for him to prove his loyalty to Met to Megatron. Oh, this is As I'm this... I'm I'm literally just realizing how uh, mm-hmm. uh how ironic that that little moment is. Yes. <laughs> I believe he also disables Black Arachnia and this is and I believe this is when he pulls out the spark extractor. Yes. Cuz like Viacon generals are always carrying around, carrying those around. Like they're the ones who are supposed to be fighting the Maximals, so I, yeah. I imagine they really are just carrying those around. I mean, we know that like Jetstorm is like a po- is a fan of Pokemon, so obviously he's going to carry around his um Pokeball equivalent. <laughs> his uh, what is now his Pokemon ba- bag, but back then would have just been his uh his backpack. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't think Pokemon does exist. It, it does is on the air at this point. No, no, I, I meant, um, because oh. now with Let's Go, uh, you, all your Pokemon are just in your bag, mm-hmm. whereas then you had to only, you can only carry six of them with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, T- Tankor tries to throw Ratchap off of him, but he manages to open a panel and, and jack in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ratchap looks into Tankor's mind, he starts getting his own memories back for some reason. Yeah. At least yeah. what he, what he thinks are his own, his own memories. Yeah, just like what, uh, we were seeing earlier, it's a, it's like, it's a first person view, so, you don't see who is having the flashback, but Rat Trap like like starts hear, hearing conversations, hearing him talking, and says like, "Oh, I guess I'm accessing my memories." 
Also, we do get a uh, good rat trap moment where a tanker is like flailing around at one point, like reverses into a wall and creates like a smashes into. And Rat Trap <laughs> goes like, "And I thought I got the easy job." <laughs> Uh, so in the interest of learning what, ha- what actually happened when they got there, uh, Rattrap keeps keeps looking at the, the memories. So it turns out, uh, the, on board the shuttle, there's a transwarp turbulence, the only way I can describe it. Yeah. Uh, it turns out Megatron's trying to break free. He does manage to get out of his restraints, but there's an explosion in trans- transwarp space. Uh, they make it out, but the planetary defenses start shooting them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, then we cut away yeah. from the memories. Um. Cheetor and Cheetor is getting uh, coming over w- with some tank drones falling behind him. Uh, Ratchet uses his connection to the tank or to shut them down, and he keeps looking for the Maximal. Uh, mm-hmm. They're back to the flashback. The Maximals were running from the tank drones, and they start launching canisters of green gas, which start devolving them. Yeah, which is a weird word to use in this case, since they're like they not really evolution per se. But don't worry about that. Well, it's easier than saying detransmetalizing. Yeah. And don't worry and again, don't worry about the fact Optimus went from optimal Optimus to his original body, even though that one kinda got got blown up. Yeah. Uh Black Magnet tries to plead with with Thrust to come with her, Thrust shoots her and <laughs> and tells Jetstorm that he was just stringing her along. Oh, I think that's when she got uh she got disabled actually. Thrust did it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, Jetstorm makes him prove it by handing him a spark extractor. Uh, Rattrap gets frustrated because he's the only, uh, cause he keeps getting his own memories back. But then yeah. the next flash shows him getting hit with the gas. Yeah, he sees himself as like, wait a second. If I'm seeing me, then whose memories is it I'm looking at? Till it gets like, as the perspective of the viewer, the tank drones close in on in, in, in a ridiculously close range to kind of just, I feel it was a little kind of tortured setup, so you can see in the reflection of like the tank drones vibes, you see that it's Rhinox. Yeah. Uh, Night Scream stops Thrust and Jetstorm. Uh, Thrust and Night Scream get knocked out, uh, and another stray blaster shot. Apparently, no one's <laughs> no, uh, everyone's got an itchy trigger finger around here. Yeah, it it doesn't really establish do anything except like like Night Scream is now under like some rubble as. As a thr- as it's I forget is it thrust or or jetstorm who like picks up the striker and takes out Black Arachnia's spark. Uh, jetstorm grabs it. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's where this episode ends with uh, with uh, Black Arachnia de spark and knights. Uh, and we finally got revealed who one of the generals are. Yeah. Uh, uh w- quick note is uh, Black Arachnia's spark is green. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we'll later find out that the Techno Organic Transformers, uh, they all have unique colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, if you don't know the identity of the rest of the generals, skip forward, like, ten seconds. Yeah. Silver Bolt pulls her heart out again. He's got her heart. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, 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 the, the episode is, like, pretty thick on irony once you actually know the twist. Yeah. Um, Since like, the whole time she thinks thrust and like meanwhile like Jetstorm is like kind of being a jerk and just like yeah prove the loyalty and he's actually Silverbolt. Yeah. Um. The, the did you watch Full Moon Alchemist? I have. Okay, so uh, the voice actors for um, Lust and uh, Mustang are married in real life. Uh, the, uh, during I think it was 
either their anniversary or or Valentine's Day, uh, Laura Bailey tweeted out a, a a pic of Mustang pulling out Lust Philosopher's Stone, and and she 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 captioned it um like he stole my heart long ago or something like that. <laughs> that is cute. Yeah, that so kind of just made me think of that. Um, <laughs> so onto the trivia. <laughs> Uh, because we can't really discuss much of this episode with that, because there's a third parter coming up. Uh-huh. Um, so, <laughs> Mother Teresa quote in this episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, we the, un- the we the unwilling are led by the unknowing to do the impossible for the ungrateful. That was an Optimus line, I'm guessing. I think so, yeah. I, I don't remember who said it, but it was in I there. I can't imagine anyone other than Optimus saying that one. Uh, I feel like it's, I don't know. Oh. I think it was one of the Maximals, maybe. Uh, but I guess I don't think it really matters. Uh-huh. Um, Black Rackney and Spark is Green, uh, we'll find out later that they're all unique. Uh, mm-hmm. And technically, this would be the first appearance of Rhinox since his disappearance uh, in Beast Machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, albeit from Tankwood's unlocked memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there... That was all the trivia I had, right? Yeah, I think that was all that. Like, this was... This is a pretty good, like, second part of the episode sometimes have a tendency to just, like, kind of, like, tread water until, like, you can set up, like, the third part. Mm-hmm. But this one, like, no, it's pretty action-packed. There's a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, it ends on, like, the big cliffhanger of, like, oh, no, Black Rock needs to spark. Then, like, Tankor is Rhinox? Which, I guess, leaves the mystery of, like, who are the other ones? Yeah, now that I'm thinking back to it, I, I think I missed most of this episode when I was when I was originally airing, because I think I saw the, like, from when Rattrap, uh, like, hacked into Tankor onward. Uh, I think I missed the rest of the, this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, admittedly, there's not a whole lot else happening, but... Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember that just being out, coming out of nowhere, at least to me. But, uh, alright, so I guess we're going on to the mo- character spotlight. Yep, this character spotlight is Jetstore. Uh, into an interesting bit of trivia, he was originally named Skybolt in the development, and there's even recorded dialogue with them using that name. Trademark issues forced them to change, which Bob Skr was glad about since it since it gave away the big twist with him. Yeah, when when we were before we started recording, I did men and you mentioned that his name was originally uh, Skybolt. I was like, well, that was probably a little too close to his actual name. Yeah. The Japanese dub did not care about that subtlety, though. Nope. And, again, like, skip ahead of you if you're trying to avoid spoilers, but they gave him all of Silverbolt's vocal personality in quotes, so that it is very obvious that he is, in fact, Silverbolt. I think they also had, like, this... They didn't... Uh, I forgot which... One of the... One of the generals had the same voice actor and vocal tick. Uh-huh. Uh... Why? And thanks, that... thanks, Brad. I, I mean, they, they it came out like five years later. They probably didn't care at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, moving on, quicking on to toys. So, like uh, Thrust, he had two toys. One that was a bit more or show accurate than the other. Though, unlike Thrust, they're both technically Jetstorm toys. And one of them is not an aerial drone. Mm-hmm. So, first we got the the uh, deluxe one which is notable for being repainted into a billion toys at the time. Like, there were, I think, at least, like, six different repaints, according to TF Wiki. 
uh six different if you're uh if you're counting what was his, what was the name uh right here if you're counting the tw- two thousand two Bodcon exclusive Cyclonus. Like mm-hmm. oh and um oh sorry that's that's for the ultra the deluxe one uh six if you count the sh- the repurposed uh shattered glass jet storm uh-huh. yeah yeah both but of them the... have uh, different te- tech specs where this one also seems like it seems kind of like like it was written before the show we have like i am not bound by the law of the land the appointed general of megatron's aerodrones jetstorm is the hotshot lord of the skies over the enslaved planet of cybertron quite a talker he tends to engage in tactics of verbal intimidation headstrong attitude Less than modest personality often cause friction with the other generals, but impressive combat abilities speak for himself. Outfitted with various energy weapons and plasma bombs, extremely swift and maneuverable in vehicle mode, rather flighty. Jetstorm never touches land and must convert to robot mode when he where he hovers over the ground. Mm. Although, because it's literally impossible to make a hovering toy, he does actually have a mode where you can give him legs. For yet, it's impossible to make a hovering toy yet. Yeah. His legs are less um, less ridiculously spindly than uh, Thrust, though. So the Ultra one is much bigger, has light-up th- things, and I believe it, after thinking of his voices, both the Ultra and Deluxe also have a feature where you can, like, maneuver the jet mode's head vehicle the cockpit, kind of like he does in the show, which is a nice touch. Mm. But yeah, the Ultra one has a, also has a different bio. bio. Cruelty is perhaps the most enjoyable sin. High-tech flying Viacon, Jetstorm is a fast-talking hotshot with a mean attitude and a twisted sense of humor. Spends as much time taunting his opponents as blasting them. Loves his job of general of the aerodromes and is fiercely competitive with his Viacon generals. Glowing eyes are equipped with a powerful radar for scanning and tracking Maximals. His pulse missile system is thoroughly is thought-guided and deadly to the core. Quickest of the Viacons, Jetstorm is despised by all who know him. The uh, the ultra class toy is also like the first uh, ultra ultra class uh, since the beginning of the beast era to have electronics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like if you press his chest, it opens up. It's been a while since since I've had uh, like had access to one of those. Hmm. Uh, I think I think you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The, the okay. So if you. Uh, his jet mode cockpit neck has geared up with a pop-up turret on his back. Uh, the turret has a light-up feature with two spring-loaded missiles. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, so... the Ultra-class toy had some chrome, but like the Transmetal figures, uh, it had a uh, it had a pro- it, it was prone to cracking in a web pattern. Yep. And then, like Thrust, hilariously, the most show-accurate version of him is his uh, McDonald's toy, which actually has, like, the proper-looking head. Like, they must have decided that pretty late in development to give him his kind of... I don't know how to describe his head in the show. Like, it's, uh, like, very triangular. Yeah. Most of his toys actually have, like, a, a relatively normal-looking head. He's got, like, a grill face with, like, a swept-back... uh like swept back hair, I guess you could if if you're a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and the deluxe one has like it would looks kind of like a flight mask. As you yeah. can see, it has like the tubes 
Oh yeah, no, he he looks like he's going to like like he looks like the face of death, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably more has to do with his red eyes though than the actual fight mask. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's thr- uh, that's thrust. Death storm. Mm-hmm. Death storm. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so. I guess Black Ragnarok is not the only one getting mixed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, I, I literally just checked like a minute ago. Uh, we do not have any new uh, messages from the Golden Disc. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess moving on to our MVBs. Uh, James, I started, so who's your MVB? Definitely not Optimus. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does he really doesn't do much in this episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. I am gonna go with uh, I'll actually go with Cheetor, because like you know his plan is actually not a not a bad plan really. Yeah. Like he, I granted bad stuff happens to like uh Night Scream and Black Arachnia, but that's because Black Arachnia is going off and doing her own thing. Yeah, and also not his. I guess he forgot to consider the fact that while he is the easiest to catch, and uh, he also is the one with the most firepower. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. And I was going to, uh, I was gonna put a, as a toss up between Cheetor and Rattrap, actually. Uh, just for like, Rattrap sort of plays a, a Lady Macbeth role uh, in this episode to to Cheetor because he sees, okay, he sees that he's a little uh, down in the dumps. Uh, so he encourages him, like, you know what, you want him to pay attention to you. You need to do something on uh, of your own volition. But at least he doesn't encourage Cheetor to, like, murder everybody. I mean, that depends if you think tank drones are alive or not. I mean, clearly they're not. They don't, they don't have sparks. Yeah. This, is, this isn't like a Prime where they kind of dance around the subject of, like, are, are they just drones or are they people? <laughs> sure, yeah, I, but I just meant the fact that he killed a lot of tank drones in this episode. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the next episode preview. Uh, next episode, Night Scream pursues Jetstorm, uh, who's captured Black Raffinia Spark. Meanwhile, Optimus and Rhinox have a heart to heart in Revelations Part Three: Apocalypse with uh, with Lewis. Yes, we're finally out, we're finally gonna be we're finally at our, we've had our last stop. We're finally coming to everything you know is Wrongsville about the show. Yeah. Um, so when I was messaging him to, to come on, uh, he's, he noticed that it was a three-parter. I'm like, so I told him like, oh, I can, you can watch all three parts, but you, you don't really have to. He's like, well, it's been a long time since I watched Beast Machine, so I probably should. Uh, so he might actually be our first guest who doesn't remember the show that well. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun for us. Like, it's always fun when Lewis comes comes on, but it'll also be really fun to catch him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so any last thoughts? Uh, no, this was this was a uh, good episode, and like there was there's like a lot of nice like nice beats, a lot of nice plotting going on, and I'm excited to finally get to like the conclusion. So we also don't are not like straight jacketed talking about the Viacons. Yeah, we don't dance around this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, thank you for listening to Axelon Archives. If you have any questions, want to guest on the show, or just want to talk about Beast Wars uh, or Beast Machines, you can reach us on Twitter at Axelon Archives or by email at axelonarchives at gmail.com. Part of the music used in this episode is Fat Planet by Leftfield uh, it's copy- and is copyright Leftfield. Fat Planet is used only for the purposes of discussion and no violation of international copyright law is intended. 
Uh, you can find the band on, on the web at leftfieldmusic.com and on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes by searching Left Field, all one word. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Podknife, Podbean, Podchaser, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, and on Spotify. Uh, we still haven't heard back on Pandora. Please leave a rating and a review because it helps people find the show. Check out our website at axelon.buzzsprout.com. Uh, if you want to follow either of us individually on Twitter, I'm at Dowfac. I'm at Discord underscore Inc. Until next time, remember to transform and transcend your destiny. Let's get ready to make some noise.